Welcome to the Ski Saloon Virtual Bar Podcast. This is episode number 38, part two of the series, I Gotta Get This Off My Chest. My story starts three years ago this week. It was a warm summer day. I remember it very, very clearly. I had actually gotten a text in the middle of the day asking if I could swing by one of my locations. You know, at the time, one of my businesses was an ATM route where I would place ATMs at different locations and then I would fill them with money as needed. Now, this location that I had gotten the text from was really special to me because it was once where I had built the wildly successful bar business that actually shared the name of this podcast, The Ski Saloon. And that business is truly what catapulted me into being a self-employed entrepreneur. It started out as a dream, and I literally just kept putting one foot in front of the other until I built this wildly successful business. It was incredible to watch. And as a side note, just like building a business like that, and that one in particular, was one of the most impactful experiences of my life. You know, I've built a lot of businesses in my life thus far, and I'll probably continue to do that for, you know, as long as I'm on this planet. But that one was really special to me because I met so many amazing people, and I had so much fun, and I experienced so much growth personally and as a business owner, and I truly believe that I was living out my dharma by connecting people and creating something far bigger than myself. You know, Tony is, has told me for as long as I can remember, he thinks that, you know, if he could pick one thing to describe me, he believes that, that I am a connector. And and I, I agree. I mean, as somebody who knows me and watches me better than anyone else, he watches that and he knows that I find so much pleasure and happiness and joy when I can connect people and bring people together to celebrate something. I often used to joke that, you know, I am a pusher of experiences and a facilitator of fun. (laughs) And, you know, I really did believe that. And this place in particular, it was a place where people could gather and celebrate all experiences of life, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. You know, we worked hard and we played hard and we made Sun Prairie, Wisconsin feel like home. And it made it feel like home for so many people. Anyways, that's a side note, and I'll get off my my pedestal on that. But anyways, going back to the story about this day three years ago, you know, I had gotten this text asking me to come fill this ATM, and I responded to the text, and the text was from a man named Corey. Corey had texted me saying, um, you know, can you come over and do this? And I said, you know what, I'll swing around or swing by around dinner time and fill the almost empty ATM before they got busy because on Tuesday nights, they would get extremely, extremely busy. And so I said, you know, I'll do this a little bit later. And I went on with my day. I was tackling a bunch of work fires and I was trying to be an awesome mom. I mean, it was the middle of summer and just trying to just do all the things while enjoying July. (laughs) And late that afternoon, I actually decided to change my plans a little bit and tweak things. And before heading to the bar and before it got busy, I decided I'd run over to a yoga class. It was being led by my favorite yoga instructor and I had enough time and I was able to make it work and I figured I'd go do that. And then I'd head over to the bar immediately after that. 
Now, looking back, I believe that that decision, oh, I'm getting chills just like <laughs> just saying this and thinking about it. But I really believe that that impromptu decision to go to a yoga class instead of go you know, down to the bar where I had planned to go, I feel like that was made by a power beyond me. And I can't explain that, but if you've ever had one of those experiences where you're like, you know, you, you just had a feeling where you're like, oh, I should do this or I got to do this and you pivoted and you couldn't explain it, holy cow. And honestly, you know, had something not happened and I would have to look back at that, I probably wouldn't have even thought that that was a strange thing. But holy cow, if you think about it and you pause, I think that all of us have had experiences where the universe just kind of takes a gentle nudge and kind of course corrects or puts us on a different path or a different course. And I find that fascinating. And when you're aware of it, it's just, it almost, it, it's almost mind blowing. <laughs> but anyways, I, you know, I went to this yoga class, had an incredible class. I actually can very specifically remember the conversation that I had with the yoga instructor, you know, at, at yoga, if you're somebody who's never been to yoga, holy smokes, it is not nearly as much about the exercise as it is about the mental health pieces and just kind of like getting your mind straight. And holy cow, that's been so good for me. But that class, they were talking about what can you say no to? What can you um, do to free up more capacity in your life to be present and to be happy? And I remember actually going up to the instructor afterwards and just high-fiving her and be like, you know, once again, <laughs> you are incredible because she's an incredible yoga instructor. But I even said, I have decided to say no to a couple specific things. And I was really excited about that. And so I went to the class, got out to my car and found a text message on my phone from Tony, my husband, asking me if I could come home instead of going to the bar. He needed some help with something. And then I could go over to the bar after and I went home instead. And that is, it, it's a total normal thing because that's one of the beauties of being your own boss. You can actually, your schedule can be really flexible and it can be as flexible as you need it to be, especially when you have young kids. And that's something that I really value is the flexibility of being an entrepreneur and being able to, you know, pivot and change plans and, and have that flexibility. So I went home, Tony was wrapping up a project. So I decided I'd feed the kids dinner well, he wrapped up that project and I'm sitting at the kitchen table with my kids on a Saturday, on a Tuesday night, excuse me, in July and they're eating dinner and my phone rang and it was a tenant of mine in one of my rental properties. And I, I very clearly remember this because actually my, my oldest daughter at the time uh, actually picked up the phone and I um, had scolded her because she answered it and she, she is not supposed to be answering my phone, especially when, you know, I'm receiving work calls. And so I, I remember very clearly having that lesson with her. But anyways, I never get calls from this tenant. So it was really, really strange that this person would call me because she was, you know, she's like one of those dream tenants where you, <laughs> you never get a call from her and rent is paid always on time and she's just wonderful. But unfortunately, I actually couldn't even understand her. All I could hear was yelling and sirens and chaos in the background, and I could barely understand what she was saying. And then the phone actually like went went dead. And I'd gotten a similar call um, a few moments after that. And as I was getting that call and trying to make you know process what was actually happening with this phone call, 
and my young kids are eating dinner at the time at the kitchen table, Tony comes running in and he had gotten a similar call from someone else saying that our property that we owned um, was on fire and we needed to come immediately. Now, as someone who has a background in emergency responses, this is my wheelhouse. Like <laughs> if, if I can do something well in my life or, or hang my hat on something, I can say that I have um, a lot of skill and comfort snapping to like emergency operation mode. And so I snapped into my wheelhouse and I made a game plan very quickly. Tony would go, I'd stay with the kids, I'd find someone who could watch them, and then I'd meet up with him as soon as I could and we'd figure it out. Little did I know that something really big had happened. This wasn't just a little fire. My life changed that night. And April, as I knew her, wouldn't be the same. Now, what I'm about to share may be too much to hear, especially if you're someone who lived through this experience alongside me. And if that's you and you can't bear to hear the rest of this, know that I'm sending you the most sincere hug right now. It is a huge, warm hug, one of love and strength and understanding. Because although I'm not in your shoes and I'm not there to go through exactly what you've gone through, I know it's been hard. But we've, we've, we, <laughs> we've made it this far, right? Oh, gosh, hold on. I got to catch myself, catch my breath here. Anyways, I, oh, gosh, where do I even go from here? Got to get this off my chest. So I'm going to keep going. See, we're doing hard things. Holy cow. Okay. Um, okay, so we had gotten this phone call and Tony had decided to go downtown or he had gone downtown and I was staying with the kids. And, you know, when Tony arrived at the scene, he found Main Street and the center of our community of 30,000 people just in pure chaos. Police had blocked off streets and no one knew what was happening. And it was just, just a mess. Now I have to go back actually and probably explain this. If you don't know me or if you don't know this part of the story or, or much about my background, one of our businesses for about 10, uh, maybe 15, no, we're not 15 years. We're probably at, well, it's definitely over 10 years. So we'll go with 10 years. Um, but one of our businesses for the past 10 years has been, or at that time, so actually it's, yeah, anyways, um, had been to own commercial and residential properties. Now, this business has served our family well. And in fact, at the time, it was providing our family with a significant amount of our monthly income. Two of those properties that we owned at the time, that um, they were housed on the main street of our downtown. And they had uh, main street businesses on the lower level. So they're called mixed use buildings. So on the lower level, I'm sure if you've driven on any main street in, you know, any place in the United States and, and probably around the world for that matter, a lot of times in the center of your downtown, the main street, their businesses are on the lowest level, and then there's apartments above them with people living in there. So we owned um, two different properties at the at the heart of our city's downtown at the time. And um, earlier that week, they actually had been doing some construction. So outside on the road. So the construction had been happening on our main street. So just a few steps away from our buildings, crews had been marking roads and digging had been started. Um, and it was just a few feet from our buildings. And our buildings were on actually the corner. Well, one of our buildings was on the corner of this main intersection of our entire city. So it was a very busy, heavily traf 
traveled um, location, and it was also on the main street of our our very quickly growing city. You know, um, Sun Prairie actually has been named the fastest growing city in the state of Wisconsin for quite a while, which is, it's fascinating. It's growing faster than I can't even believe. But anyways, that's a side note. But with all that in mind, so I just needed to give a little bit of that backstory. Um, So with all that in mind, take what I'm about to say next as kind of something that that I've just heard. So some of these things are facts that I actually experienced, but I feel like I need to give this disclaimer about some of the pieces of this story because I know that there are actually still lawsuits that are happening surrounding that the rest of the night's events and what truly happened. And I don't want to, you know, make assumptions or, um, you know, point fingers by any means. I'm just going to share what I've experienced and what I've heard. So a few hours after we received these phone calls, we started to piece together the story. So what we've, we had understood by that point of the night, um, was that somebody was one of the construction crews were digging, um, on the main street and they had hit a gas main under the main street. Now, that main street gas pipe or gas main actually connected back to our buildings. And so from the time the pipe was actually hit and the diggers called 911 to notify them that this had happened, there was about 45 minutes or or so for police and fire to evacuate the entire downtown to figure out what had happened and in an attempt to try and, you know, turn off the gas lines in different places. And during that time, you know, hundreds of people were evacuated. I mean, this is people who lived in the apartments above busy Main Street businesses. This is you know, vehicles on a very heavily traveled state intersection. And this is, you know, hundreds of people that were community members all out on a beautiful summer night supporting their local restaurants and bars and other businesses. So if you can imagine wherever you live, imagine a a city that's close to you of 30,000 people on a nice warm summer evening when, you know, everybody is out and about. All of these people, hundreds of people had to be evacuated. And thankfully, a lot of them were evacuated just in time. Now, less than an hour after the gas line was hit, the buildings that we owned, which were over 100 years old, that gas from that gas main that had been hit, that gas actually came back through those pipes and filled up our buildings from the inside and filled them up with gas and they exploded from the inside out. Our property was the center of an explosion that took out multiple city blocks and it made national news. I'm going to continue the rest of this on part three over on episode 39. I'll see you there.